Hey, what's going on guys? My name is Dave and I'm here with your AFC South Scoop. This week's headlines include the Jaguars officially hiring Urban Meyer, the Texans interviewing Josh McCown and Jim Caldwell, the Texans preparing to interview Eric Bieniemy when the Chiefs finish their season, Philip Rivers leaving the Colts QB situation in limbo, and the Titans losing their offensive coordinator Arthur Smith to the Falcons. So let's go ahead and get started with the Jaguars. Well, after hiring Urban Meyer, it appears that they are no longer talking about taking Justin Fields with the first overall pick. As I mentioned in a previous podcast, I thought that hiring Urban Meyer would mean that they would consider Justin Fields given the fact that they both have a relationship having been at the same school. However, I think that it is hard to pass up on generational talent like Trevor Lawrence, and I think that it's completely understandable for them to to want to take Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I mean, they both were very good in college, but Trevor Lawrence has that arm strength, he has that mindset, that intelligence, and he, he can also run as well. And when you pick him with a first overall pick, you essentially expect him to become like an Andrew Luck sort of figure. You expect him to walk in and take a dysfunctional franchise or a dysfunctional team to the playoffs immediately, as Andrew Luck did with the 2-14 Colts and taking them to 11-5 and essentially being able to play in that wild card game uh, when he was first drafted. Now, I'm not too sure if Trevor Lawrence will be able to lead the team to the playoffs in his first season. I mean, the Jaguars have a lot of work to do, but, you know, I think that he is expected to walk in and turn this, you know, one-two win team into a team that can at least finish it with a 500 record. Now, Ben Barnwell of ESPN projected them to win the AFC South next season. I think that this is a little bit of an over-exaggeration. Obviously, you know, they do have the ability to pick Trevor Lawrence, they will have 10 other draft picks, and they do have the most projected cap space in the NFL. So, you know, you're going to get your quarterback, and, you know, that should be a big piece that will allow other players to say, hey, you know, maybe I should join Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. They have a good college coach who was so successful in college, and maybe he'll be successful in the NFL. You're picking an NFL prospect who you expect to be great right away. You don't expect him to be a bust, and if, you know, somehow he doesn't held up to his standards or if he ends up becoming a bust you'll be very shocked and essentially if I'm a wide receiver if I'm a tight end if I'm an offensive lineman or if I'm a defensive player you know I would probably want to sign with this team but again I'm not too sure if everyone will want to join this team I mean you look at the Colts for example they're built to win right now yeah they don't have a quarterback yet but they should be able to solve that off this offseason and they also have a lot of cap space so I would want to choose the Colts over the Jaguars so you know, they should be able to get a few pieces here and there. They'll have Trevor Lawrence, and they might be able to compete for a wild card spot, but I don't think that they'll be able to win the division with the Titans and Colts still there. Obviously, they should be able to win four games in the Texans because they are a dysfunctional franchise at this point, and they probably will lose to Sean Watson because he doesn't seem to want to stay. But I don't trust the Jaguars to be able to compete and win the division. So let's move on to the Texans. They interviewed Josh McCown this past week who was signed onto the roster as a quarterback back in November, if you remember. This is possibly the worst thing that the Texans could have done. How in the world are you going to trust a quarterback to become a head coach? How would you even consider a former quarterback becoming a head coach without any coaching experience? Yeah, I know that he he was able to coach up some quarterbacks as a backup, and it seemed like he did a pretty good job, but we don't know how much of an impact he actually had. And, you know, he hasn't even been a quarterback's coach. He hasn't even been an offensive coordinator. And you're interviewing him for your head coaching position. 
That's absolutely ridiculous to me, and I don't know why the Texans even did that. And it gives Deshaun Watson even more reason to want to leave the Texans. Because, you know, one, they didn't listen to him when they did the GM search. Even when the Texans hired consultants and they were told to hire a certain candidate, they didn't even listen to the consultants. And now you're over here interviewing Josh McCown, who, you know, he was a good backup quarterback in the NFL, but he has no coaching experience. I, If I'm Deshaun Watson, I would want to be as far away from the Texans as possible. I would want to move across the country as far away as I can. I mean, I would even move across the world just to be as far away from the Texans as possible because they clearly have no idea what they're doing. And it doesn't seem like they're thinking rationally. I don't know what's going on through their minds right now. Now, I will say this, though. I did like the Jim Caldwell interview. He does have a winning record in the NFL. He was Peyton Manning's quarterback coach for a while. He took the Colts to the Super Bowl as the head coach for the Colts. He was the interim offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach for the Ravens team that made it to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. And he did fairly well with the Lions, who immediately failed right after he left. So, you know, you look at Jim Caldwell, if they do end up hiring him, you know, that would be a great pickup, but there's nothing there to suggest that they will pick up Jim Caldwell. It just seems like they're just interviewing a bunch of candidates just to say that, hey, I interviewed all these guys and, you know, they have these reputations, but ultimately I decided to go in a different direction. Um, but, yeah, I don't think that they will hire Jim Caldwell. I think this was just sort of, I guess, in some ways, I don't want to use the word publicity stunt, but I guess it was a publicity stunt in some ways. Also, if I am a prospective head coach, would I want to coach the Houston Texans? Unless I am Josh McCown, who has no coaching experience and I'm being offered the opportunity to become a head coach right away, I would probably want to wait it out and see what happens next season or, or even five seasons from now, who's, which coaching spot is available. I mean, Jim Caldwell has been waiting since he was on the Lions to have a head coaching gig again. And I think that he should continue to wait because he is an excellent coach and he can probably find a better situation because you look at the Texans and, you know, they promise that they will do something and then they go a completely opposite direction. They promise they're going to hire a certain general manager. They promise that they'll include you as part of the process and then they don't. They promise that they'll draft these players. They promise that they'll sign these players as free agents. They promise that they will do their best to make these things happen, but then they don't. And... You know, if I'm a head coach, I would find that very frustrating. And knowing that there are a lot of teams out there that's willing to listen to a prospective head coach or that has a better roster that that's a head coach away from competing, I think that you would probably want to wait if you're Jim Caldwell or even Eric Bieniemy. I know Eric Bieniemy expressed his interest in becoming a head coach someday, but I don't know if he want to become a head coach for the Texans. And you look at Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson is able to stay and he feels happy, there's no doubt in my mind that the Texans are the best place to be. And, you know, I would prefer them even over the Jaguars because even when you pick up Trevor Lawrence, yeah, you expect him to become a great quarterback right away, but you know what you're getting out of Deshaun Watson. You don't completely know what you're getting out of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence might just end up becoming a game manager like how Alex Smith was. He might be a bust. But with Deshaun Watson, you know you're getting a top five quarterback to to be pretty to underestimate his skills I mean I think that he's a top two quarterback but you know you're getting a really really good quarterback but you know it doesn't seem like Deshaun wants to be on this team in fact rumors has it that he would rather be on the Jets than be with the Texans in fact he prefers the Jets over the Dolphins which was pretty surprising to me because 
you know, the Jets, they were awful last season. Yeah, they kind of won a few games at the end of the season, but they were so bad, and I don't even know who they have at wide receiver. Robbie Anderson? Who did they have at tight end? Who did they have on the offensive line? Who did they have on defense? And, you know, to hear that he would rather be on the Jets than the Texans, is it, it says a lot about the Texans. And, you know, Sean Watson is a good guy. He's a smart guy, and he would rather be there. And, you know, I don't know why he would rather be on the Jets than the Dolphins, but maybe he has his reasons there as well. But, you know, that's a different topic completely. So you don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to be on the team. You expect him to not be on the team because it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to make this relationship up anyway. It doesn't seem like they're going to be able to fix this in any way possible. So, you know, expect Deshaun to be gone. J.J. Watt is also gone. And yeah, he has been an injury magnet for the past few seasons, and he hasn't really played up to the standard that you expect him to. He hasn't. He's not 2012 J.J. Watt by any means, but he is a ferocious leader. He's still a great piece on defense, and he's probably going to be gone for sure. They have no notable receivers. They have no t notable tight ends. At running back, they have a wash David Johnson. Essentially, they just have Laramie Tunsil, and that's about it. I don't know what else, what he's going to do for you. He's just one offensive lineman. But, you know, the Texans are essentially done for. So let's move on to the Colts. So Philip Rivers retired after an incredibly successful career, and it was a pleasure to watch him. His retirement came as somewhat of a surprise to me just because he threw for over 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, and he narrowly lost a wild card game in which he played pretty well. But I guess he would rather go out like this than play terrible. Additionally, he wasn't the difference maker, I would say, for the Colts. I mean, he was certainly, certainly better than Jacoby Brissett. And he was definitely a pretty good quarterback when it counted most. I mean, if you think about that Packers game, he was very good for that team. And, you know, the Colts losing in the wild card game wasn't completely his fault. I mean, yeah, you could talk about that final drive and, you know, he could get some fault for that, but he played pretty well for a 38-year-old quarterback. And, you know, he has expressed a lot of interest in coaching high school football, and he also has a large family to take care of. The fact that he even moved from Los Angeles all the way to Indianapolis with this family is incredible, and he deserves a lot of applause and credit for that. But now, who do the Colts turn to? They could turn to Brissett again, but it appears that he's just a backup quarterback and nothing else. He is the type of guy who can maybe step in for five or six games at the maximum and win you a few of those games, maybe win all of them. And, you know, he is a premium backup. But you can't trust him to win games in a whole season. So you look at Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has been a name that, that's been thrown out there for a while especially given his relationship with Doug Peterson and the fact that he struggled a lot with the Eagles. But it appears that the Eagles will end up keeping him. When they fired Doug Peterson, it essentially appeared that they were choosing Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson. Now, I don't know what happens to Jalen Hurst from this point. I mean, he played pretty well. I mean, it was an amazing way. He was a pretty good quarterback uh, this season. But, you know, it appears that they're going to end up keeping Carson Wentz. They could look at Deshaun Watson as an option, and he is definitely someone who appears to be on the move, but I doubt that the Texans would give him to a divisional rival just like that. 
if I have a huge offer from the Colts and I have a huge offer from the Jets, I'm either taking the Jets offer or I'm asking the Colts to give me more. And, you know, the Texans might ask for a lot of draft capital or they might look at all the defensive pieces that the Colts have as well as the running back that they have and uh, the wide receivers and they might be like, okay, give me all of these guys. It might just be too much for the Colts to want to trade away and still remain in contention. So I don't see Deshaun Watson going to the Colts necessarily. They could trade for Sam Darnold. But has he really shown you enough to warrant wanting him? I mean, it appears that he has a lot of potential. And he was stuck with Adam Case, who I think essentially trapped him and made him look like a bad quarterback and didn't develop him enough. But a lot of it is... A lot of it is just what ifs or it could have happened or, you know, stuff that we don't necessarily know. We don't know what Sam Darnold is. We don't know if he will develop. We don't know if his confidence is so far shaken that he, will be able to, he won't be able to recover from it. We don't know what we're getting with Sam Darnold. And if I'm the Colts, I would rather just wait for Sam Darnold to become a free agent eventually or not sign his extension rather than just trade for him right away. So that leaves Matthew Stafford, who appears to be parting ways with the Detroit Lions in a mutual way. And I would say that Matthew Stafford is probably your best bet. He's 32 years old, so he's still in his prime, I would say. But at the same time, you know that he's not going to be on your team for too much longer. I mean, nowadays you see quarterbacks playing into their 40s, uh, obviously with Tom Brady and Drew Brees, but, you know, we don't know how much longer Matthew Stafford will be able to play. At least you would assume that he would be able to play at a high level until he's 35. So you probably don't have to pay too much for him, but at the same time you're getting a guy who's in his prime and he would probably put you in title contention right away. I know that Matthew Stafford hasn't been able to win a playoff game and hasn't really been able to lead the Lions, but I think that has a lot to do with unfortunate circumstances, bad luck, and just Lions management as a whole. So I think that Matthew Stafford will put them in title contention right away. They will still have to compete with the Titans in their own division, and as far as title aspirations, they would have to compete with the Chiefs. They would have to compete with the Bills. And they would have to compete with teams like that, even the up-and-coming Dolphins, for example. So there are a lot of teams that they would have to compete with, and the Ravens, not, not to forget them as well. But, you know, I think that they have a really good defense. They have a really good offense as far as uh, an offensive line, running backs, and their receivers aren't too shabby either. And... You know, we've seen game managers be able to win Super Bowls without, you know, being that great. They've just been game managers. You look at the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't even know who quarterbacked that team, but they were able to win a Super Bowl with a game manager. And, you know, Matthew Stafford by no means is a game manager. He's an elite quarterback, and if you put the ball in his hands, you would expect him to deliver so you put him on this really stacked roster, I would expect them to be able to win a Super Bowl or at least compete, and this is their best bet. So let's move on to the Titans. They lost Arthur Smith, and this may or may not be a huge blow for the team. I don't really know too much about Arthur Smith. I don't know how much of an impact he had on the team. Because you look at the offense, and it completely revolves around Derrick Henry, and unless he's trying to lose his edge, which I don't think he is because he just rushed for 2,000 yards, the Titans should still have a dominant ground game. 
I mean, obviously running backs take a lot of wear and tear and, you know, he is 27 years old. You would expect him to play a few more seasons, but he is being abused and used a lot by the Titans. But I still expect him to be pretty good. Now, this could affect Ryan Tannehill, who is awful on the Dolphins, as you may remember, with a different offensive coordinator. But again, he has Derrick Henry. So as long as he has a competent offensive coordinator, that coordinator should still be able to use the play-action game to Ryan Tannehill's advantage. At the same time, Ryan Tannehill still has receivers. He still has Derrick Henry. So he should be good. But if you look at the Tennessee Titans, I don't expect them to really ever win a Super Bowl with their current roster. Just thinking about it, I think that last season was probably their best chance when they lost in the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, he has blossomed into a great quarterback, I would say. But again, we saw him in the wildcard game this season, and when Derrick Henry wasn't getting it going... He wasn't able to muster up anything. He really wasn't able to do anything at all. And if you have a quarterback that's not able to do anything and you have a defense that's in the bottom half of the league, you're not going to be able to win the Super Bowl. You're not going to be able to compete at all. So, you know, I think that over the next few seasons, as long as Derrick Henry is able to rush the way he has been, I think that they'll be able to compete for a playoff spot. I think they'll be able to win their division. Maybe they'll get lucky and win an AFC Divisional game and go to the AFC Championship, but I see them not being able to win a Super Bowl. So let's move on to my picks for a championship weekend, which is completely up, up out of uh, the division since the Colts and Titans were eliminated a while back. So let's start with the AFC Championship game. You look at the Chiefs and the Bills. This is a very intriguing matchup to me. I think that this is fairly evenly matched. Obviously, the Bills finished 13-3, and and the Chiefs finished 14-2. and They probably could have finished 15-1 and if they didn't bench some of their stars for the final game. But obviously, it doesn't really matter. Now, I'm probably going to go ahead and pick the Chiefs to win in a very, very close game, and here's why. First, the Chiefs were playing at home. Obviously, given COVID and the pandemic, I don't know how fans or how fan noise will really play out in the game. But again, the Kansas City Chiefs are at home. It's expected to be a cold game, which I don't think will affect the Buffalo Bills at all, since you know Buffalo is much colder as well. Um, but I do expect the Chiefs to pull this out just because of their playoff experience and because they're at home. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Andy Reid, all these guys have so much experience. They've been in so many situations. They've been down 24 nothing. They've been down by 10 points in the Super Bowl. They have a lot of experience, and ultimately I think that they're going to end up winning the game. Now, if you look at the Bucks and Packers, I also think that this is a very tough game to pick. But I'm going to go ahead and pick the Bucks, and here's why. You look at the Packers. Yeah, they have an MVP in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they have this unstoppable offense. It seems like no one can stop them. But you have to remember, over the past couple of seasons, I mean, over the past decade, it almost feels like, it seems that the MVP never wins the Super Bowl. They either get stopped in the championship game or they get stopped in the Super Bowl. Let's think about it. Lamar Jackson. He lost in the divisional game. You think about Tom Brady losing in the Super Bowl. You think about Matt Ryan losing in the Super Bowl. You think about all these guys not being able to make it. You think about Patrick Mahomes. He won the MVP, and he wasn't able to win the AFC Championship game against a clearly inferior Patriots team. But, you know, I think that the same thing will repeat itself. And also, if you look at Matt LaFleur, 
he is a great head coach. I take nothing away from him. He's been able to win 13 games in both of his seasons as the Packers head coach. But I feel like he's a head coach that when he meets his mark, when he meets his match, matchup nightmare, he essentially loses. Because you look at last season, what happened? They won 13 games, but they got blown out in one of those games by the 49ers. Now, the NFC Championship game was a lot closer than that game in the regular season, but ultimately, the uh, 49ers were able to blow out the Packers again. And I think a similar result might occur because the Packers were blown out by the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers played a really great defensive game, and you know Tom Brady and the offense has improved a lot since that game. Even if they don't have Antonio Brown, they're still very good, and they will have that defensive game plan, I feel like. And, you know, the Bucks, you know, with Tom Brady, he has a lot of experience and he always seems to respond under pressure. Even if the numbers don't always suggest that he's able to respond, he is able to respond. And I think that ultimately I would pick the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl and the Packers to mess this up again. So just to kind of recap what we talked about today, we talked about a lot. We talked about how the Jaguars are probably not going to end up taking Justin Fields, even though they hired Urban Meyer. How even though Ben Barnwell of ESPN projects them to win the AFC South next season, they probably won't. I think that they're going to end up competing for a wild card spot. But even then, I don't. I think that that's a far-fetched idea for them to be able to even make the playoffs. I think that they'll probably compete for a 500 record. You look at the Texans. They interviewed Josh McCown, which was an awful idea, uh, and they also interviewed Jim Caldwell, and they're probably going to interview Eric Bieniemy soon, but I don't think that any of these coaches will want to coach for them other than Josh McCown because you know he hasn't had any coaching experience, and it appears that Deshaun Watson is going to leave for sure. You look at the Colts, even though Phillip Rivers retired and left the quarterback situation in limbo, I expect them to figure it out because there's a lot of quarterback options on the table. They could go to the draft, but with their pick, I probably don't think that they'll be able to get anyone good. Um, I think that they should probably trade for Matthew Stafford because they'll get good a good price out of it, just because he's not the youngest guy, but he's not the oldest guy, he's still in his prime. If you look at the Titans, they lost Arthur Smith, and I don't know how it'll really impact them, but I don't think that it will, at least for the next few seasons, just because Derrick Henry is a monster, and Ryan Tannehill has been able to utilize a play-action game when Derrick Henry is able to get himself going. And as far as my picks for championship weekend, I'm picking the Chiefs in the close one, and I'm picking the Bucks. Now, I'm not too sure if the Bucks game will be super close or not, but we'll see. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to me, and I hope that you have a great week. I'll go ahead and talk to you guys next week. Thank you.